My name is Gia Ramos. I'm 17 years old, and my mission is to close the gender gap in technology. This is my story. Never say, oh, no, that can't be done. Instead, think, how can it be done? Hey, I'm Danny Washington, and welcome to The Genius Generation, the podcast about young people who are changing our world in big ways. On this week's show, my guest is Gia Marramos. Ever since she was a little girl, Gia had an interest in computer science and technology. But as she got older, she noticed something. There were very few girls in her robotics classes. So Gia decided to do something about that. The summer before high school, she started a nonprofit organization called Girl Innovation, dedicated to closing the gender gap in computing and technology. Gia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited to have you here. So let's start with Girl Innovation. This is an organization that you founded. Can you tell us briefly about what the mission is all about? Well, Girl Innovation is a program that works to close the gender gap in technology. And we do this by teaching girls from underprivileged areas in Puerto Rico about the basics in robotics, computer science, and cybersecurity. So describe the problem that you're trying to solve with Girl Innovation. Well, our issue is that the tech industry is very divided right now. Right now, it is mostly dominated by males. And the issue with that is that we don't have the female perspective when it comes to new innovations and technology. Totally. So how does Girl Innovation solve that problem? Well, Girl Innovation is a two-part program. So we have the summer program, which is every single Saturday, and we get about 15 girls from underprivileged areas in Puerto Rico, and we teach them basics in robotics, computer science, and cybersecurity. Then for the second part of the program, which is a semester-long program, we give mentorship. We pick about two to three girls from the summer program that we see are very interested in the tech industry, and we show them the different opportunities in technology by showing them different competitions they can compete in. And in our first year, the two girls that we had actually ended up semi-finalists in a nationwide competition, which was really cool, and they were super excited about it. And then the second year, sadly, we was cut short because of COVID. No way. Two of your members went to a national competition and... They got semi-finalists. Whoa, that's amazing. So let's jump back a bit and talk about when you first had an interest in science. When was it and what sparked your fascination? Well, ever since I was little, I've loved robots. I have, I don't know if you might know it, but it's called Zoomer. Meet Zoomer, the most amazing pet ever. He can follow, see, and hear just like a real dog. It's a dog robot. I talk about it so much. I love him. And <laughs> I've loved robots since I was little, but I never saw myself entering the industry. It was in fifth grade when I was going to a camp called John Hopkins Center for Talented Youth. I wanted to take this course called Forensics, but my dad, without telling me, signed me up for robotics. I was not into it at first. I was really mad and I thought I wasn't going to like it. And when I get there, there's 11 boys and just one girl other than me. And I was incredibly intimidated. And the guys kept going up to us and they were like, oh, you're not going to do well here. We know more than you. And so the girl and I, we decided to team up and beat the boys. And that's exactly what we did the whole summer camp. 
And that's really where I fell in love with computer science. Well, good on you for standing up for yourself. I love that. <laughs> so what attracted you to the area of robotics and technology? What, what was the thing that really struck you in particular? Being able to just write a set of code and having something else follow that. Telling that robot, hey, I want you to grab this cube and place it there and then grab these cubes and place it on top of that. Coding that and seeing it happen, that's what really got me to love it, seeing it real time. Gotcha, gotcha. So what initially inspired Girl Innovation? Was there a particular moment that you remember sparking the idea? One competition that I went to had a program called Aspire IT. It tries to motivate females to create their own projects. And there I saw some girls like around my age, maybe two years older than me back then, and they were making their own projects, showing girls about STEM and really getting them involved in science. And so I saw that and I was like, oh, I could do that myself because I truly do love computer science and I think I could teach it to someone else. At that time, I had been in a robotics team in my school and I would help a friend of mine with her code and she would get it pretty easily when I would teach it to her. So after Aspire IT, I was like, oh, I could do that with a lot more girls and maybe I'll have a bigger impact. Yeah, that's, that totally makes sense. So when it comes to STEM programming, you live on the beautiful island of Puerto Rico. And so I imagine that there were probably about a handful of STEM programs that you could access or maybe that were already created. What was it like looking through some of the existing programs and how did you want to make girl innovation different? Well, when I first started looking at programs here, the thing is they were highly stereotyped. There was one that was on 3D printing and there was the guy version, which was, oh, 3D print your own car, or your toy car, or 3D print an airplane. But then you look at the girl version and it's 3D print bows, 3D print bracelets. So when I created Girl Innovation, I made sure, yes, it is for girls, but it's not a stereotyped version of girls. I mean, don't get me wrong, pink bracelets are great, but yeah, that doesn't mean that it's girls should be only <laughs> the only ones able to make these things. I don't like that limiting feeling when, when folks try to put people in boxes. How old were you at the time when you founded Girl Innovation? It was the summer before ninth grade started, so I must have been around 14 or 15. Gotcha. So I know starting an organization takes a lot of energy and time and resources. How did you get started in building the organization and where did you find these resources? Well, I started with my dad. My dad has a company on telecommunications. So I went up to him and I was like, I need a space. Can you give me an office or a conference room that you have so I can do classes there? And he offered me that. Then I went to my school and I was like, oh, I know you have a lot of robotics pieces. Can I borrow some robots so I could start my organization with those robots? And they lent me the robots. Really, it was just about finding anyone who could help me. I think that's such a great lesson because a lot of people get overwhelmed with the idea that they don't have enough to start something cool or innovative. But if you go forward with the idea of I can use what I have in front of me and ask the people around me, even in my family, to see how they can support this idea. So how has Girl Innovation grown or evolved since you began? When we first started, we had about 11 girls the first year of the summer program. And then we grew to 15 girls the next day. 
we got girls not only from inland Puerto Rico, but also from Vieques, which is a small island next to us. And those two girls would get a four-hour ferry from their house on Fridays so that they can make it to the class on Saturday morning the next day and then leave that same Saturday back in another ferry to go back to their house in Vieques, which was eight hours of a boat full of people just to get to my class. I found that really cool. That's dedication. That is dedication. It truly is. And it just shows how much they're looking for it. They wanted to learn about computer science and they made it there on time every single week to make sure that they got those classes. And I feel like that's really inspiring. It really is. So Gia, what impact or change is Girl Innovation having right now? Well, right now in response to COVID, we started Girl Innovation Talks, which is a program where we interview women in technology. And we ask them questions like, oh, how did you get involved in technology? Any challenges? What are the benefits of joining it? So that we could impact girls, even though we don't have those in-person classes anymore. And we also started an ambassador program where we have girls in Texas that want to expand it over there, a girl in India who wants to expand it there, and also one of my own students, Camila, from 2018, who is going to continue Girl Innovation here in Puerto Rico. I would imagine it feels pretty good to know that you've got a successor that you can pass the torch to to continue making a difference in your community. So what are some of the goals that you envision for Girl Innovation and how do you plan to accomplish them? Well, I really want Girl Innovation to expand to the rest of the Caribbean. I hope that one day we do have chapters in other islands, not just Puerto Rico, because one of the things that I feel is the biggest struggle in the tech industry is not only women, but specifically Latina women. I feel like a lot of Latina women aren't getting involved in the tech industry, so I really hope that Girl Innovation could expand to other areas of the Caribbean and impact more Latina women into joining. Oh yeah, you could take this worldwide. I love it. Gia, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? I think I would want people to have a more open mind. Never say, oh, no, that can't be done. Instead, think, how can it be done? I think that's one of the best things to think about always. Always be open to changes. Always be open to new things that you may not be used to, but you never know what that new thing could become. Maybe it could be the next cure to cancer or something. I don't know. <laughs> so. Honestly, I think the best thing is to be open. Always look forward to those changes, even if they're scary at first. Oh yeah, open minds will definitely help our world progress in a much faster pace. Gia, thank you for being on the show and good luck in college, wherever you decide to go. Uh, Excited to see what you have in store in the future. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Genius Generation. If you want to learn more about Gia's organization, go to the Girl Innovation website at girlinnovation.net. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and subscribe. The Genius Generation is a podcast created by Seeker and Tracks. The show is hosted by me, Danny Washington. Emily Feld and Evan Hall are our producers. Caroline Roth, Brian Simagala, and Matt Morales are our Seeker producers. Our editor and sound designer is John Pappas. Our executive producers are Brett Kushner, Michelle Smalley, and Brian Pendergast. Our PA is Navani Otero. Thanks for listening. Funding for the Genius Generation comes from the Arthur Vining Davis Foundations, investing in our common future. 
How do we create change that lasts? True transformation happens by changing the system, not just the situation. It's a bit like the difference between saving a tree and creating a new sustainable way of doing forestry. Ashoka is a global community of thousands of changemakers who are committed to making systemic change and empowering others to do the same. We get it. Changing systems sounds intimidating, but there's nothing to fear. Join Ashoka for a three-part learning journey to uncover issues you care about, identify the root causes, and start building a solution. Learn more by visiting changemaking.net or check out the link in the show notes. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.